Jesus said in Matthew 28 verse 19, Go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Welcome to Go Teach All Nations, bringing you Christ's teachings through Australian and international speakers. And here is today's presenter, Pastor Tapiwa Mutsuriwa. For those that are joining us for the first time, we are going through a series of questions of meaning of life. For example, um, why is there so much evil, especially if God is love? We spent quite some time last week dealing with that. Um, this week, this weekend, uh, from tonight, right through to tomorrow morning and in the afternoon, we are talking about questions of meaning. For example, who am I? Have you ever questioned, have you ever um, questioned yourself, who exactly am I? You know, as we go through life, we really have to, to answer that question. We are almost lost, if not totally lost, if we don't know who we are. Therefore, the presentation tonight is, what is man? What is man? Tomorrow, in the morning, we are going to be talking about the purpose of living, or living a purposeful life, if you want. Why am I here? Okay, tonight, who am I? Tomorrow, why am I here? That's sort of the thing that we are looking at this weekend. So those are the questions that we are going through. But tonight, the question is, what is man? If you may indulge me, let us pray before we get into this message tonight. Father, I am not wise, I am not strong. But that doesn't bother me at all because you are wise and you are strong and you are present. My prayer, Father, is that you may reveal the answers to this question, what is man? That when we leave tonight, may our hearts be convicted of this answer that we are something special in your eyes. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. This question, what is man, is not a new question. It is a question that has been asked since ancient times. The psalmist once, David, if you like, once asked the question, what is man that you are mindful of him? What is man that you are mindful of him? In fact, as you probably discovered in the first, in the first presentation, most of the answers, or in fact all the answers, we are going to be finding them from the scriptures. I could not think of any other scripture to begin to answer this question except for the text we find in Genesis chapter 2 and the verse is 7. Today I am going to try to explain a very delicate matter. I ask you to pray for me and I ask you to move slowly with me because there is something if we miss just one link in the presentation, 
it will all be jumbled up. So I ask you to walk diligently with me as I explain step by step. I would try not to be my usual self that is animated because I'm more interested in getting the point out. In Genesis chapter 2, the verse is 7, we see God creating man. And this text tonight is very pregnant with meaning. Genesis chapter 2, you have your Bibles with you? Genesis chapter 2 and the verse is 7. We're going to spend a lot of time uh, this weekend just looking at Genesis chapter 2 and the verse is 7. Can you imagine? Um, it's a pregnant text. Genesis chapter 2 and the verse is 7. If you are in the, in the New Testament, you are a little lost. Genesis right at the beginning of the Bible, uh, almost on the second page. We are on page 2, page 2 of your pew Bibles for those that are following in the pew Bibles. Genesis chapter 2 and the verse is 7. And this is what it reads. For those without Bibles, um, I've got it on the screen, but I hope you can get a Bible and follow through. I've got it on the screen. It says... Um, and then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and then man became a living soul. I see others that are still reading it. Please, let's read it. I'm stopping because it is very important that we let that text sink in. Let me read again, now that I've got more of your attention. Then the Lord God formed man, that is human being, a human being, out from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And then man became a living soul. What the Bible is saying to us tonight is that man is dust. You and I are dust. If you ever doubted that, tonight when we finish and you go home, go into your bathroom, look for a comb, take a white sheet of paper, run the comb through your head, you are going to see some stuff that is going to fall onto the white sheet of paper. It is not dandruff. It is dust. Because we are dust. That's why... When we die and we go to the ground, we become dust again. But we're not only dust. There's also the breath of life. These two components, I want you to look at them tonight. These two things. Dust. Where does dust come from? It is part of this, of, this, of this world, isn't it? A more sophisticated way of talking about it is to say it is part of matter. It's found in time, space, and matter, right? That's where this dust comes from. But we are not only dust. There is the breath of life. Where did the breath of life come from? From the mouth of God. This breath of life that came from the mouth of God is not from time, space, and matter. I said I want you to move with me slowly 
because this is very important. Let me go through, let me go through it again. The breath of life came from the nostrils of God, who is from outside of our time, because God had to create our time, right? You remember? The Bible said, let there be the sun to govern our times and our seasons and everything else. So God had to create our time. And God had to create, he said, let there be the earth. He separated the earth and the waters. So he had to create our, our, our earth, our matter. He created it and created all this space that we see. So we are in space. So this is all created by God. But God is from outside. He's, he's the, he causes things to be. He's uncaused, but he causes things to be. Is this making sense? And please tell me that I'm, I'm trying not to sound sophisticated because I'm not sophisticated. I'm a very simple person. It, God comes from outside of our time and steps and creates time and creates space and creates matter and steps into it. But understand this. The breath of life that he's breathing into, into this thing that he has made that comes from time, matter, and space is from outside of it. I'm, I'm waiting for you to nod your heads to say, we get it. Let me give you a little cue. The problem with an African preacher, if you don't quickly agree with him, he goes in circles and circles trying to convince, and then the sermon gets longer. So if you want the sermon to get, to, 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 to get through soon, just quickly nod your head, and then I'll pass on to the next point. Even if you didn't get it, of course I'm kidding. So here is the point. There is something about us, before I move on to the next point, there is something about us that is connected to this planet Earth because we come from it. I love playing soccer. I went playing soccer with a friend of mine. He took me on his car, as we were getting back onto the car, I heard him make a loud shrill and I said, what's going on? What's attacking? He said, I've got cramp on my thigh. And I said, oh, it's because you have, what do you call the shortage of, a deficiency of magnesium. Where do we find magnesium? From the ground. So, as soon as we begin to lose some of our earthness, our dustness, our body will tell that we, are, we have a shortage of iron. Where do we get iron from? From the ground. This is showing that we are part of this matter. As soon as you begin to lose those mineral salts, as soon as you begin to, to lose all those things, potassium, and you need to eat a lot of potatoes, you're connecting. That's why we need to eat plants. As, as my, 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 my friend has just been sharing here, why we need to eat those plants is we are connecting with where we came from. There is something about us that connects with this earth. Is that making sense? But we are not only matter. There is something within us 
that wants to connect with something from outside of time, matter, and space. I was waiting for that nod before I go in circles again. <laughs> yes. The fact that we are dust, we want to connect with dust. If we lose our dustness, there is something wrong with our bodies. We fall sick. But there's also something that makes us, because we are not only dust, we are not only, we are not only um, matter, we are also, we are, God put within us the breath of life, which comes from outside of our time, matter, and space. I'm risking sounding like a broken record here. But that, that which God put within us, it makes us want, it makes us yearn, it makes us long to connect with something from outside of time, matter, and space. In fact, it, there is evidence that man goes through this earth seeking. We don't always find it. We may connect with some other thing, but our souls, which, I'm, which is my next point, our souls, whatever that is as of now, our souls do not rest, do not find peace until we connect with that thing. Because our souls yearn to connect with something from outside of time, matter, and space. Sometimes we can find ourselves buying cars and buying houses because we're trying to feed that hunger. We're trying to feed that thirsty. It's natural within a man. What is man? Now, the Bible said, if you go back to that Bible text, it said, then the Lord formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Then man became a living soul. Then man became what? Now, the Bible does not say, then man Man had a soul. Let me drop a bombshell. Man does not have a soul. Man is a soul. You are a soul. I am a soul. Man, according to the Bible, then man became a living soul. So you are the soul. A good illustration is right here. What is a wheel? It is a tire plus pressure in it, right? That is what a wheel is. So what a wheel is to a tire and pressure is what soul is to the breath of life and the dust. Have you ever heard this question? I did say I was going to, I'm trying to go very slowly so that when we land to where we are going, remember the question tonight is what is man? I know some are saying this is quite a familiar subject, but please hang in there. It might not be. It might not be. What happens to my soul when I die? Then I remember my nephew. Do you remember my nephew said, I told you the story, when he had flunked his, 
year 12, what we call A-levels back home. I rang him and I said, hey, what happened? And he said, he said to me, uncle, um, they say I failed. And I said, but what do you say? Well, my answers were correct, but the questions were wrong. <laughs> Be careful about answering this question because this question is wrong. It presupposes that I have a soul. So we need to correct, to correct it. In fact, at death, it is the soul that is dead. It is the soul that is dead. Bible says, Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the spirit. Remember, here, wisest man who ever lived in inspiration, his name is Solomon, his writing, what he's talking about when he says spirit there, it's just that we are reading in English. If we were reading in the language that it was written, he is actually talking about the same word, the breath of life that was breathed into the nostrils, is the same word that is translated spirit here. And that breath of life, it is a breath of life that has no knowledge, it has no conscience, it only has conscience, you will see it in a moment, it only has conscience when it becomes the soul. In fact, uh, I'm going ahead of myself, the Greeks, when they are talking about the soul, they call it the psyche. Aha. Uh -huh. Do you remember some words that are in English that comes from this word psyche? Can you throw some at me? Yes, you said one of them. Psychology, psychiatry. Oh, not psycho. It's a different psycho. That's a good one. We can have a good laugh about it. Um, but it's, it's to do with the thinking person, with the living person, right? So psych, the soul, is the thinking person. The spirit is this breath of life, the life-giving aspect that God has given into man. And then man becomes, becomes the soul. Man becomes the sight. My friends, I want to introduce the spirit one more time. First time, so that we, we move together. The first time, the spirit, this word simply means the same breath of life that God breathed into, into, into the nostrils of, of, of Adam, of the human being. That breath, we're not talking about oxygen here because people have been known to die with oxygen um, masks on their, on their... We are talking about the principle of life. It has no conscience... It has, it has no, rather, not conscience. That's not what I'm trying. Can I delete, delete? It has no consciousness. That's the word I, want, I wanted. It has, no, it has no love. Okay, in fact, I don't have it on the screen, but come with me to the book, the same book, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, chapter 9, Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. I don't want to spend a lot of time here because I'm going somewhere. The question we are trying to answer is what is man? Ecclesiastes chapter 12, chapter 9, my pardon, 
pardon me, chapter 9, and the page is 644, for those that are following in the Pew Bibles. I read from verse 5. If you are there, please say amen. It says, For the living know that they will die. Who knows they will die? You and I. We know that statistics has shown that one out of one dies. If the Lord tarries, my day is coming. It's quite a sober thought, isn't it? But the dead know nothing. The dead know nothing. And they have no more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Verse 6. Also their love, their hatred, their envy has now perished. Nevermore will they have a share in anything done under the sun. So the Bible is telling us here that the dead, not even their spirit, has consciousness. You know, let me picture paint a story to you. Can you imagine what it would mean if the dead had some consciousness and my mother was seeing me failing to pay my bills and struggling with life and we said she was in heaven. Would she enjoy heaven if she had that love and and? and she's seeing me going through this life toiling, she would not enjoy it. In fact, when the Bible speaks about the dead, because that's not the subject tonight, but I just want to, to nail this one down before I move on to where I'm going. When the Bible speaks of those that are dead, it says, for example, in John chapter 11, when Jesus was talking about his friend Lazarus, he says, our friend Lazarus has gone to sleep. And Paul, writing in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and the verses 13, says, Brethren, we do not want you to be, to be ignorant or to not know about those that have gone to sleep. If we believe that Jesus died and resurrected again, we therefore believe that when he comes, he shall bring them with them. For we who are alive, on verse 16, we shall not precede them. But when he comes with the trumpet of the archangel, what shall he do? Then the dead in Christ shall be, that's when they come back to life. Otherwise, as of now, they're what? Sleeping. Now, now that I've made that point, we can move on. I need to talk about spirit in the second sense. There is that bit we say because man came from the clay or from the dust of, this, of the ground, man has this affinity, man has this, this, 
need to connect with earth. That's why we eat every now and then, every five hours. Christian, tell us how, how is it in the health principles? Every five hours, every six hours, we need to eat something again from, that came from the ground. We need to eat it back again so that we can replenish that soilness that is, that is us. But there's also this thing that needs to connect with, with, with something from out there. That thing that wants to connect, that thirstiness, that, that principle of hungering for something from out there, it is the spirit of man. I'm waiting to see you nodding. Does man have a spirit? Yes. The spirit himself, I'm in Romans chapter 8 and the verse is 16. The Bible says, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. Now, the Spirit himself is the Holy Spirit. This is a divine being. This is God, that good God we talked about. Let me go back. You remember last, last week we talked about who God is? He is a loving God. He's a good God, relentless in his love. He continues to search for men, to run after men. You see, the Christian God is not found by men. He finds men. Because he lives from, he lives in, not in our time, matter, and space. If men tried to search for him, they wouldn't find him. He does not need us to jump up and down or to scratch ourselves for him to come. One day he, he through Isaiah, said, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where exactly could you, could you invite me to where I'm not? I'm paraphrasing it. So we don't need to do a lot of things for him to be present. Before we walked through those doors, he was already waiting here. Because, not because we were good. No, his job is to make us good. So he invites us. It, it, he, he doesn't want you to start by cleaning yourself to come. He does not want to be appeased so that he, are, he, he comes. In fact, he is in the, in the job of looking for us at our worst. This is the good God. Are you there with me? Now, the point of connection between man and God is not, is not the soilness in man. It is the spirit in man. I was just waiting for, for those notes. The other better way of doing it is to say amen. Don't worry, you're not puffing my ego. I already have a problem with that one. You're just affirming the point. You're just affirming the point. The point of connection with you. It's, it's not in the, it's, I'm off the sermon notes right now, so pray for me so that I don't spend a lot of time right there. But here's the point. Here's the point. Do you remember one day Jesus was talking to, to, to the Pharisees? The Pharisees were all over the place, and Jesus was at, at, at pains to explain to, to them why he had cast out a demon. And then uh, they said, oh, you know, um, you know, 
you, you, you have done all this work by the, by the spirit of, of the devils. And Jesus is trying to explain. Then that's in Matthew chapter 12. When he gets to verse 40, Jesus then says, you know what? If a spirit, an evil spirit is cast out of a man, it goes out in dry and arid, um, I think I'm using the King James, but in dry places, let me try and use simpler words, he goes in dry places looking for somewhere to stay, but if he doesn't find a place to stay, he comes back to his former house, finding the place garnished or cleaned and swept, he will go back and seek for 10 more spirits and come and live in this house. Where is this spirit living? If we dissect you, where exactly can we say, oh, here's the spirit. That's why we don't, we don't go to the hospital to deal with spiritual issues. Hey, hospitals are very important to deal with our biological and physical Cells. If, if you break your leg, you're not asking for my prayers. You need to go and see a doctor. Can I say a little bit more? It's okay to pray. I'm not downplaying the power of prayer. I believe in the power of prayer. In fact, I invite you every 30 minutes before we start, we've got a prayer program there. Every 9 o'clock in the morning, we pray. I believe in prayer. It's powerful. But if you, sometimes, if you, if you go through depression and, and all that, sometimes all you need is a professional in that area because they deal with those aspects. Are you there with me? But man is not only that. Man is also spirit. Aha. Uh -huh. Man is also spirit. And the point of contact between the spiritual world from outside of our time, space, and matter, the point of contact between the spiritual world and the human being is the spirit of man. Amen. All right. Oh, we are home. We are home. Pastor Rangi, we are home. This is why the Bible says the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all his innermost parts. It is this spirit of God that wants to connect with us, that keeps on talking to us in a sweet little voice. And the Bible speaks of this. John, in the book of Revelation, talks about this sweet spirit. This, he, he's pretty, pretty much talking about the same thing. He says, he is knocking at the doors of our hearts. Because the spirit, you know what, does not dwell in houses. The spirit on this earth is not dwelling in this beautiful church of ours. Hey, as beautiful as it is, and we should approach it reverently, I, I believe that with all my soul. But the spirit does not dwell in this building. The spirit wants to dwell in this building. That's where he wants to dwell. Because man is spirit. And God, through the Holy Spirit, wants to dwell within us. What is man? Man is spirit. And God wants to connect with us through that spirit of man. 
And he is relentless. He never gets tired. He chases after us relentlessly, knocking at the doors of our hearts. The devil wants to destroy us before we open that door. But God is working overtime, protecting us in our sin, in our, in our state of not knowing him, so that he might get a chance because he is a gentleman. He's not going to break into our souls. He's not going to break into our spirit. He keeps on knocking. Will you open today? Will you open today? Body, soul, and spirit. Now that word soul in the in the in the it's going to be very important tomorrow, especially in the afternoon. That, that word soul, psych, the thinking person. Oh, if 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 you were thinking about being somewhere else tomorrow afternoon, please just come because we'll be talking about this soul, this soul part. How God wants to put it back together. Now, Paul talks about it. He says in First Thessalonians chapter five, verse twenty-three. He says, God is interested in the whole man. He then says, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. That word sanctify is a fancy biblical term. Don't worry about it. It actually means to cleanse. Means to cleanse. It means to, to like when you sweep uh, and, and, and clean your house. If you want to be fancy, you could say, I'm sanctifying my house. Uh, I don't know. Is it with that? I'm, I'm trying to be as simple as I can be. That's how it's, it's, it's working there. It says he wants to sanctify or to set it apart for, for good use, for his own use. And I pray that, I pray God that your whole, your whole, now he's talking about the whole man. You there with me? What is man? Here is the whole man. Man is spirit, soul, and body. We are not just body. But we are also spirit. Here. Let me put it on the screen for you. This is just my illustration. And I know that it is limited in, in its extent. It doesn't quite encompass what I'm trying to explain. But in my own small ways, please try and understand where I'm going. I did say that I'm really going, I'm working on eggshells, I'm really trying to explain some intricate issues here. He says, man is spiritual and man is psychological and man is physical. This is what Paul means in that text. Okay, it's not responding. In that First Thessalonians chapter 5 and the verses 23. In this text here, Paul is saying in very simple terms, he is saying man is spiritual, man is psychological, and man is physical. Do you know that we go through life connecting with the two bottom things? We go to the gym to deal with the physical. We, we go to the restaurant. I love Thai. <laughs> it's all the physical. and There's nothing wrong with that. I, I would love to go to the gym too. Um, all those things, they are really powerful. But that's the physical bit. We are doing well. We, we, we spend our time trying to, to keep our minds well, the psychological, the thinking person. We, we educate it. We do a lot of things. And then we stop right there. Then there's a missing link. Do you know, my friends, one of the greatest scandals, and I say this with, with great respect and with great honor, 
that has happened in our beautiful, peaceful land of Australia. We are raising children that are not connected, connected spiritually. And as I speak to you every day, our desperate children, every day from the age of 15 to around 35, every day about 10 to 15 are taking their lives because there's a missing link. There's a missing link. You know, going through life with only the psychological and the physical is like a man who was driving in front of me um, some days ago, some, 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 some months ago. He was driving this powerful uh, Ferrari with uh, 12, 12 cylinders. Oh, you should have seen him. I was driving my, my Hyundai thing. You know, it's, it's, it, 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 it puffs a lot of smoke when, when I... Have you ever seen me taking off? It's kind of, it's, it's, and we would stop by the traffic lights, right? We stopped by the traffic lights, and this guy with all his... He stops right beside me. It's a two-lane. He stops right beside me, and you could hear that he's got a lot of power with him because he'd go vroom, 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 vroom. The problem is that most of, this, most of these roads in Sydney, they are only 70 kilometers per hour. Then we would take off. He would take off with a lot of power. I don't have as, as much power as he has. He would take off with a lot of power, but when we get to the, to this, to the next set of lights, we are together, we stop again. This car was not designed for Sydney streets and roads. It was designed for the autobahn in Germany where they can do 200, I don't know, I'm, I'm just saying, but 200 and something kilometers per hour. It's because it's a lot of power. Do you know that you are designed to connect with a lot of power? You're sh you'll be shortchanging yourself going through life without connecting with the spiritual because man is spirit. To connect with this powerful power. Uh, does that make any sense? Powerful power from outside of time, matter, and space. In fact, you can go into all time, matter, and space study science. All you like seeking for God, you won't find him there. God is found only through the spirit. He's only found through the spirit. And he's just waiting. It's easy. You don't need to, do, to have a lot of degrees. It's easy because he's looking for you. He's knocking at the door of your heart. He's right there. And he speaks your language. And I don't only mean as language as English. I mean, he knows how to reach you where you are at that moment in time. That's how cool he is. That's how cool he is. In fact, as I speak to you right now, I know that he is connecting with you. It's not my voice. It's not my voice. My voice is not that powerful. But there is a voice underneath my voice. It is the sweet voice of the Holy Spirit knocking at the doors of our hearts because he wants to connect. He wants to connect. Let, let's, let's quickly finish this. Let's quickly finish this. In Genesis chapter 2, the verses 9, I'm looking at our time. In Genesis chapter 2, verses 9, the devil enters on to that Genesis 2.7, I want you to hear this. When God is forming this spirit, soul, 
that becomes so. This is what he has. These are the purposes. We will explore this tomorrow. This is the purpose that he has in mind in Genesis 2 verse 9. Are you there? Then, Lord, then the Lord God made all kinds of trees to grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye. A good version says the pleasant to the eye and good for food in the middle of the garden. Hey, listen to this. God, his purpose as he is creating this, this spiritual being, his purpose is so that men can enjoy good food. If you can say amen to that, <laughs> that you can enjoy good food, pleasing to that. In fact, it was never God's intention, and it still not is God's intention to withhold pleasure from men. God created men to be happy. God created men to be happy, you know, can I speak to my Christian friends just a little? Would you indulge me? To be a Christian is not to... You know what I'm saying? Christians are created to be happy individuals, to be nice individuals. Christians are happy people because that is God's purpose for human beings. But here's where I'm going with it. Let me just show you a, a picture there. Um, I, I'll only stay there very short because I want us to close. Do you know that in the human brain, there is a place, we'll explore this tomorrow, there is a place called the pleasure center. Those of you in the medical field will know that the brain has a small little, as God is creating man, he also creates the brain. Because remember, the psyche is the thinking man. He also creates the, the man. He, he creates the brain. And right there in the brain, he puts this thing called the pleasure center. It is that with which we enjoy food. Because God wants us to be happy. He wants us to be happy, to enjoy good food, to enjoy, to enjoy communion. When I say communion, I mean to enjoy fellowship and swallowship. But I want you to see, God has created all these good trees for men's pleasure. Many of them, millions of them. And then he says, let's go back to that text. Then he says, but in the middle of the garden, he puts only one tree and he says, don't touch it. It's not good for food. It's not pleasant for you. But I've created million others for your pleasure, for you to be happy. Then the devil comes in, and then he says, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, uh-oh, what is happening? The devil has switched. That which was pleasure is no more pleasure. Now man is seeing that which he was told not to touch. In fact, that is the same story even today. That which is not pleasure, we call it pleasure. Yet God has designed for us to be happy. So we know what happens. I want you to see what is happening in this picture. 
for lack of a better term, what do you think is the most, would be the superior, most superior part of a human being? Is it the spiritual person or the psychological person or the physical person? Spiritual, because it's connecting with the... That's why I put it right on top. Now, get this. Man was supposed to operate spiritually and he would stay happy. So that is, in his thought processes, he would start by being spiritual before he engages his flesh. In eating, he is spiritual. In communion with others, he is spiritual. But I want you to see as, the, as Eve begins to, to falter here, that she stops operating spiritually. Here is what she did. She saw with her eyes. She didn't reason spiritually. What is, where is she now? She's in the physical. She saw with her eyes that the tree was good and also desirable. She's no more in the spirit. She's not reasoning spiritually here. Desirable. What it means is that the triangle has gone topsy-turvy. She's operating from a physical. With that exited her happiness. Next few moments we see her running around hiding. The moment you start hiding, you're not happy. Have you ever seen a person hiding happy? Hey, I'm happy, but I'm hiding. It doesn't make sense, does it? She has lost her happiness. She has lost her innocence. It is because she is no more operating spiritually. Let me bring this to an end. But what God wants to do to this triangle, as he knocks on our doors, he is trying to bring it back up again. Because you and I, as we shall see tomorrow, Ever since Eden, we are all born like that. We are all born that way. But God is searching for men. He wants men to get upright again. What do you call that in English? What do you call that when a ship is upside down? If you wanted to put it back up again, what do you, what do you call that? You have to do what to this? You have to convert it. Yeah, thank you. That's what God wants. It's upside down. He wants to convert it so that it is upright again. That's what God wants to do with us. He wants us to convert. All of us, the Bible says, for all have sinned. How many? Not just a few. Not some of us including the one who is standing before you. For all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. It's, I have a technical thing here. It's not moving. I think God is saying you might need to drop it there. But let me drop it without, because my, my, my slides are not moving anymore. Let me drop it without. You see, when, God, when man is now in that space, 
where he is now upside down. If you go back to Genesis chapter 3, we hear on verse 8, Genesis chapter 3, you go back there and let's end it right there. And I'm on verse 8. And when they had, you are there? Verse 8, page 3. When they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, the Lord God, the script is too small for my eyes. I'm stretching my eyes to read it. Uh, the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? This is one of the most powerful texts in the Bible. Here it is. Let's close right here. Who has offended who? Adam is the offender. Who is the offended? It's God, right? What we often think as human beings is that the offender reaches out to the offended to repair the broken relationship, right? No, I've heard it many times. I think I've said it a few more times. That, uh, hey, you are the one who wronged me, so you should come back to me so that we can repair this. Not with God. It is the offended God who comes out. He knows where Adam is hiding. Because he knows that Adam has lost who he is. Then he calls out, where are you? Why doesn't he just go and say, hey, why are you hiding here? Hey, it's the same principle I've been trying to explain the whole day. He doesn't break in. He's knocking, Adam, where are you? He wants Adam to respond out of his free will. He's not going to coerce him. He's not going to force him. He wants him to respond because it is him who can make him whole again. Adam has removed himself from a place where he can help himself. In fact, Adam cannot help him. There is nowhere else where Adam, he can try to be religious by putting, by putting all those leaves and stuff, but it's not going to work. You know, my friends, as I close, I tried to do it myself many, many, many times, many, many years, trying to do it myself. I thought religion was going to help me. I even mean Christian religion. Until I discovered that I couldn't do it for myself. Couldn't do it for myself. God is the one who reaches out to Adam. Adam who is naked. In fact, the Bible says, and God, on verse 21, and then God killed an animal and dressed them to hide their shame. It is God who killed part of his creation. That is the first death that ever happened. My friends, that's exactly what God did. That animal that he killed was standing for himself. As we see him on the cross of Calvary, God dying so that we would be clothed in our nakedness. God wants to make us whole again. What is man? Man is spirit. Man is psychological. Man is, man is physical. 
But if we don't connect back with him, we are shortchanging ourselves. He is the only reason. This world will only leave you empty. The whole man is a social human being, is a psychological human being, is a physical human being, but there's a missing link. Tonight, I invite you to fit in that piece of the puzzle then men will be whole again. Missing peace, the Holy Spirit. You and I are designed to connect. We are designed to connect. I don't know where you are tonight. When I say where you are, I'm not talking about the address of this place. I'm talking about where you are in your, in your walk of life. But let me tell you that God's heart right now is at a place where he wants to, con- his heart yearns. His heart yearns to connect with you and I. Because the only reason, and we'll see this tomorrow, as we look at the purpose of man, the only reason why he created you and I is because he wanted to connect with us. You are hardwired for connection. And right now, tonight, he wants to connect with you. If this is your wish, no rituals. No rituals. It's just saying, yes, Lord, I want to connect with you. If this is your wish, just stand with me for prayer. It's as simple as that. I'm standing for prayer. And we just say, yes, Lord. Father in heaven, I'm standing with my friends tonight. We have the doorknob to our souls in our hands. We can close you out if we wish. But as for tonight, I'm standing with my friends because we are opening that door. We are saying, yes, come in. We don't know what it means yet. We don't know what it takes. We are comforted by knowing that we don't have to know. We don't have to know a lot of these theologies, a lot of these, we don't know the ins and the outs, but all we know is that right now we understand that a whole man, a whole human being, is one that is connected with you. And that's all we want for our souls tonight. Father, connect with us. Father, as you connect with these, my friends that are standing tonight, please don't forget me too. I need to connect with you. My soul hungers and thirsts for you. Satisfy our hunger and our thirst, Father. This is our prayer tonight. Father, We are asking for a special experience with you that without a shadow of doubt, we may know that it is you who is reaching out to us. It is not a bolt of lightning. It is not uh, having goosebumps. It is you with your sweet, small voice connecting with us and telling us that we are your own. So, Father, 
we say yes to you. We vote for you tonight. If our parents, Adam and Eve, voted for the devil in that day, on that day in the garden, but today we nullify that vote. We are voting for you. We say yes to you. That's all we know at this moment in time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This message was made available by Hoxton Park Seventh-day Adventist Church. For more resources like this, visit their Facebook page, Hoxton Park SDA Church. That is Hoxton, H-O-X-T-O-N, Park SDA Church. Is there anybody here that loves my Jesus? Anybody here that loves my Lord? I want to know, I want to know, do you love my Lord? Makes me feel so happy oh, when I love my Jesus. Makes me feel so happy oh, when I love my Lord. I want to know, I want to know, do you love my Lord? Tell it on the mountain oh, that you love my Jesus. Tell it in the valley oh, that you love my Lord. I want to know, I want to know, do you love my Lord? Is there anybody here that loves my Jesus? Anybody here that loves my Lord? I want to know, I want to know, do you love my Lord? Makes us love each other oh, when we love, love my Jesus. Jesus. Makes us love each other oh, when we love my Lord. I want to know, I want to know, do you love my Lord? I want to know, I want to know, do you love my Lord? It's been a pleasure bringing you this program here on 3ABN Australia Radio.